So welcome to another edition of the uh, Thought Police. Here we are, me, you, yep. Matt Kelly, Mike Graham, uh, Labour Party conference is on. Um, it is. Which is proving to be a lot better, I have to say, than the last conference, which was Lib Dems, which, yeah. which was, it was just a bit kind of dull, wasn't a bit it? dull and also a bit mad. I was a bit underwhelmed by Joe Swinson, yeah. I have to say. Yeah, I, and I thought think, the sort uh, of theatrical presentation. She's not quite ready for prime time, I think, is what we no. say in America. I mean, I, I, I do like the way she's like really going for mm. it, and she's not, you know, she's completely ambitious and wants to be, thinks she's going to be prime minister and all of that. But I, th I thought she does. She could do with a little bit more testing, you know, at the sharp end. I think the problem for the Lib Dems is always the same. They can't. They can't kind of really unite behind a single purpose. Yeah. And the fact that she's now done this means that they're sort of having to unite behind a single purpose. Yeah. But you can't tell me that Philip Lee, um, who I interviewed last week, and I said it's great yeah. that the Lib Dems now think you're homophobic. Yeah. Uh, because uh, it means that they're not very liberal. Yeah. Just because of some of the things you said and the That's fact right. that you voted against. Um, you know, gay marriage, you voted against the importation of people if they hadn't been checked for HIV. That's right. And so I said, well, surely this shows the Lib Dems are not a broad church at yeah. all, that you have to think the same way as they do, yeah. otherwise there's a problem. Yeah, oh, well, I, I think that's right, and they've been kind of bamboozled by uh, the success they've had with, yeah. with the Remain Corps. Right. And I do wonder if they've dragged so many different groups in mm. now that yeah. as soon as this is over then they'll it'll all fall apart well it's bound to isn't it it's absolutely bound to because as soon as they start talking about other policies yeah they don't agree yeah. and now we've got the Labour Party saying basically uh, we're going to wait and see who wins yeah. and then we'll side with them I could, honestly I'm just, well, I've, just, going I've completely lost the will to live with these guys but I mean it's, I mean, it's maybe she just cancelled the new European Oh, altogether and God. just go do you know what we're going to go on strike yeah. climate strike yeah. until you idiots come up with a plan make, make your mind up in yeah. 2022 yeah. but it's you know I, I can't help thinking that Corbyn's days must be numbered because you've got people like John McDonald right, yeah. who I'm who makes me deeply nervous he does make me nervous but at well. least he kind of says things and sticks mm. to them and he has an idea and he's presentationally very competent yeah. quite warm actually yeah. you know good good and Although then, famously, as described by Boris Johnson, two left wing for Ken Livingstone. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and what did he say? Like, he, he, was the, he, uh, he, and he made up the budget. He made up the budget. He skulked out yeah, yeah. He, when he was he attacked. He wasn't happy. That was, he wasn't happy. That was Boris Johnson's. The this apogee the, the, of his prime This is the problem with with Labour now. They haven't got a sense of humour. You know. Yeah. You know that I've, I've told you famously. I've been blocked by all sorts of people, including Angela Rayner and Steve yeah. Doughty and Diane Abbott. None of them are capable of having a laugh about anything. No. You know, they're so hard line. Yeah. that nothing is funny to them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of old, pathetic. Uh, it's the old um, sort of Politburo approach. Well, it's it? like when I was many, many years younger, I once went to an NUS um, conference, right, which was in Blackpool, yeah. uh, which was pretty much um, punctuated by the head of the student union where I was working, because I went up as the newspaper guy, right? Um, I was convinced by the guy who was the head of our NUS at my university, which I'm not going to name, to share a room with him. Um, and then I woke up one night, he was on top of me. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Oh my God. I was going, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, was and I mean, not, I was not totally clear what he was doing. Well, it, well, luckily he wasn't doing what he wanted to be doing at that point. But I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, I mean, I knew he was gay. I didn't have a yeah. problem with that. But I yeah. didn't expect him to try and fucking rape me. No. You know. Um, was close. But the other thing that was funny about, um, <laughs> yeah, the other thing that was funny about it was we were in the Winter Gardens, you know, mm. and it was full of the old-fashioned kind of trots. Yeah. And they just used to be referred to as the trots. I know that's the bloody trots. But now the trots are running... It's, it was Corbyn and Co. Yeah, you know, it really it's was. 
And I mean, he is so bad tempered. Oh, did you see him with the journalists yeah. shouting at them? Yeah, and, and also on all the journalists laughing, yeah, and raging. Yeah. And because he's just, he just hates it. I just yeah. don't think he wants to be leader. No. Don't think he want, I certainly don't think he wants to be prime minister. No, and I don't think he's just he run his course, isn't he? But who would come in after him then? Well, funnily enough, I think it would be controlled by momentum because yeah. they now have control of the NEC, yeah. Labour Party, and I can't see them allowing somebody like Keir Starmer. Yeah. to get in. No. But then again, it depends on the process of voting, I suppose. They've now passed them, after having tried to get rid of Tom Watson, They've even though that didn't happen, they yeah. have still passed a rule, to look which, at means that yeah. he, no, which means that he won't automatically become that's caretaker right. leader. Yeah. So that's got to be a momentum move, isn't and it? And by the way, what bollocks that John Lansman, the momentum guy, yeah. didn't talk about this to Corbyn before right. doing that. No yeah, way. Yeah, right. Of no course. way. Of course he did. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who doesn't make a cup of tea unless he exactly. talks to Corbyn first. Exactly, exactly. You know? So that's bollocks. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, and massively embarrassing. The most embarrassing thing about it for, for me is that Tom Watson's come out of it as a sort of democratic hero. Yeah. You know, which is the last thing he should be regarded as, yeah. you know, after some of the shit he's got up to. Got the, well, he, extraordinary, uh, you know, how he promoted the, the sort of Westminster paedophile exactly. scandal. Yeah. And, and is now just saying, well, you know, I was asking the right questions. I was, was asking the, the right questions. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, it's incredible how many lives were ruined by yeah. that. And he still maintains yeah. um, that, well, of course, if you don't um, give the victims an opportunity to speak, then, you know, you, you ruin it for everybody else. And you go, well, yeah, but except he wasn't a victim. That's right. Carl Beach was a fantasist. Exactly. And you could have probably told that if you put him in front of a decent journalist. Yeah. Well, he said, Tom Watson said... There was only one other guy who was taken in by it, of course, and that was James O'Brien. Oh, was you know, it? On the LBC, yeah. Right. He had that bolt. You know, you might remember the, this mob. Exara News. Yes. The people that were pushing Navarra. No. No, Exara. Exara. Yeah, 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 yeah. News, I remember them. Yeah. Which is now no more. Yeah. But they were massively pushing that particular right. story. And he had the guy from Exara in about 15 times. Did he? Yeah. And went through it all and talked about how terrible it all was and how far it went and how this was a real example of, you know, privileged kind yeah. of power. Yeah. I mean, they were talking about all people being murdered. I mean, Tom Watson, Tom, being Watson, murdered. Tom Watson said last week, he said on the radio, he said, well, I've always been of the opinion that this was either a complaint which mm. exposed heinous behaviour at the heart of our establishment that yeah. needed to be dealt with, right. or the guy was a mad fantasist. Right. It turns out he was a mad fantasist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay then. But as long as you can choose between the yeah. two. Yeah. Incredible. He's also never bothered to answer the question as to why he's in the pay of Max Mosley, yeah. who, with the best will in the world, I'm not going to libel the guy, mm. um, but he is, at, the, at, at, at best, he's not the sort of guy you should be associating with as a politician. Yeah. You know, he's the, he's the son, is he not, of um, Oswald, Oswald Mosley? Oswald Mosley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he, he took did, part in, in all sorts in of right-wing stuff. In those sadomasochistic orgies he did, as well, and which he is only, why he hates the press. Yeah, because he was the one pushing for all this, and that yeah. was why Watson then was pushing for these... Yeah. New kind of you know secondary um, you know rules and regulations yeah. on the press. Well, Tom Watson hates the press. Mm. I think he partly blames the press for some personal problems like the breakup of his marriage and oh, stuff really? like this. Yeah, that's what? what I've heard because they, they were, I forget the exact circumstances and I'll have to check it up before I go into any detail. But there was definitely some story that put enormous pressure on him, oh, really? and and he blames that on okay. the, on on the breakup of his marriage. Right. I am told. Okay. But that yeah, I haven't heard. But he hates the press. Oh, he does. And so you got. This and he particularly what, hates Murdoch. This is what happens though when people, when enemies, my enemy's enemy is yeah. my friend. Yeah. yeah. And then actually, and then it's a dangerous strange, place to be. You make alliances. some very strange alliances. And he yeah. gave he Max Mosley gave Tom Watson half a million yeah. quid in yeah. one year. 
yeah. on his office. And he claims that he spent it all on his assistants and his researchers, and he may well have done. He didn't spend it on pies. Uh, he did not spend it on pies, and he also <laughs> saved a lot of money on curries, because he said he gave those up as well. <laughs> he does look weird now, though, doesn't he? he, looks he looks, like, to be fair, I think he looks good. I think he's a great advert for people who have been like morbidly yeah. obese. He looks great, you know, I think. I think he looks odd. Do I don't you? think it suits him. I think I preferred him when he you was fat. You preferred him when he was morbidly yeah. obese. Yeah, when he was morbidly obese. He, was much more, he had much more of the, tra- the old trade union look. That reminds him, you know. me of when um, there was an editor. Who was the editor of The Express? It was terribly pompous. and uh, oh, Well, I mean, you could go down a whole yeah, list of, yeah. of them. But he, he took this award and he was a former alcoholic. That was oh, the yeah. point. And he, he and won, the Express. Was it the Express or the Star? I can't remember. And he and he won the award. Yeah. And as he came back with his award, he made this terribly sort of sanctimonious speech oh, yeah. about the power of the press. Was it Peter Hill? Was it? No. Uh, yes, it might well have been. Peter and, Hill. And as he walked past, yeah. uh, Kelvin McKenzie just looked up and said, "I preferred you when you were a drunk." <laughs> <laughs> I famously took him out for a lunch one time to the Oxo Tower because I was bizarrely put in charge. You'll, you'll find this particularly funny because you are actually the the design and, and kind of production meister. Yeah, yeah. And I was only really pretending, you know. Yeah. I mean, I could do some of it, but I couldn't do all of it. I was given the, the fucking, uh, uh, the sort of the, the badge of honour to take us through QPS and to get us all, you know, yeah. macked up yeah. through the whole of Express newspapers. I was yeah. given, I had to make... You should explain that QPS is the system that manages all the content yes. and allows you to place words on the page. Yeah, and, and pictures, pictures and all of that. And, all of and that. it's quite an interesting kind of sharing software, That's I suppose. Right. It means yeah. that you can give stuff out Parts of pages out to one sub, yeah. other part of a page out to That's another right. sub, and all of that. Yeah. Um, and I had to take him out and brief him about it, right? And we went to the Oxo Tower, and I don't know how many bottles of wine we had, but when he came back, his his his, his uh, deputy said to me, he saw me later on. He said, I've literally never seen him that drunk. He said, you've completely done him in. And then he looked at me, he said, how come you're okay? I said, well, you know, I've had a lot of practice. You know, I've, I do this every day. I remember my dad saying a wonderful phrase about someone who he used to work with at the Echo and they'd gone away on a jolly and yeah. he, he got absolutely plastered, this mm. guy. And then he tried to stand up. My dad said, it was like someone had taken all the bones out of his legs. This guy. <laughs> You know, my, my, my sort of first venture into American journalism was a bit like that because yeah. I went over to America to see um, if I could get a job. And so my first port of call was this place called Star Magazine, yeah. which I didn't know anything about. Um, and it had just moved out of Manhattan to a place called Tarrytown, um, which is sort of up the road. on a, It's a bit like going up to somewhere like St. Albans, right. you know, um, out of town yeah. and in this brand new building. And I went up there and I got like, you know, I basically found out that I could get a couple of shifts. And they gave me like a, sh- a few shifts that week. And I, it was a weekly. It was a bit like National Enquirer. Yeah. And I didn't know until I looked at the masthead when it said Chairman K.R. Murdoch. And I went, oh, bloody hell. Right. Because I was only about 23. I right. don't know shit from Shinola, you know. Rupert, and I was like, this is the Rupert Murdoch. This is yeah, pretty yeah. great, you know. And um, so it was a weekly publication. So on the day of they went to press, everybody went to the pub. And we went to this pub called The Mustard Seed which was this terribly very... I don't know if you've been to many American bars, but they're very dark and yeah. dingy and yeah. not like pubs in this country at all. Yeah. And uh, there's usually a sort of, you know, nice-looking woman behind the bar making cocktails, and I was drinking God knows what. And one by one, people were getting called by the office to go back, you know. And eventually I got called. <laughs> and I'd only been working there for two days, you know. <laughs> and I thought, this is great. I went back to the office, and we still had typewriters. This is how long ago it was, about 1983. And I literally couldn't type. Yeah. My fingers were going through the, you know, the keys, and I was missing yeah. things. And, yeah. and the, the guy who was a news editor, a really nice guy called Peter Williams, came over to me and he said, um, "He said I think you might as well go. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much point in you being here, is there?" I went, "No, fair enough." <laughs> he said, "Look, that lot will go back into Manhattan because go with them." Yeah. And I said to him, I said, and it was my last day there. I said, um, 
I'd, I'd really like to come back and work here. You know, what do you think? <laughs> and he said, yeah, we'll give you a week's work. Yeah, really? Just like that. Right. Um, so I came back to America and left, basically emigrated to America. On the basis of On the promise of, of five days' work. Oh, that's incredible. And it obviously and it worked. Worked, I was there yeah. for nearly 10 years. Amazing. You know, that's incredible. It's one of those things you only do when you're 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd never do it now. That's brilliant. Now I'd be like, well, no, I yeah. can't come for five days. Well, I, 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 I don't know whether I've told you this before, but my first day at the Mirror, right, uh, I'd gone out, I came down from the Daily Record in Glasgow. Yeah. And the Mirror is, and what was, and is today in Canary Wharf, yeah. right, on the 22nd right. floor. And... So they'd booked me into this hotel and I only knew one other guy mm. in London who was a fellow who'd also been on the record and right. come down, a fellow called David Mill, who was... Oh, I don't think I know him. He, well, he sort of did uh, systems and stuff like this. Oh, OK. But he was a good drinker, David. Right. So he said, the night before I was starting, he said, come on, let's go out for a drink. And, right. and between the two of us, we drank an entire bottle of Lafroy whiskey. <laughs> and David didn't blink. Right. I could barely walk. Yeah. I woke up the next morning, like, sick as a mm. dog. Had to go it. Can't mm. you can't phone in sick on your no, first day. You just can't. But went in, sat opposite a guy called Nigel Thompson. Who, oh yeah. But he's now the travel editor, but he was my boss at the time. And Nigel's quite sort of a proper <laughs> bloke. So right, you know, just do a couple of these yeah, pages. Yeah. And I looked at him, and I could barely focus. And I said to him, I looked out the window, and everything seemed to be moving. And right. I said to him, because I'd heard that skyscrapers move. Yeah. The and I said, is this building moving? <laughs> and he just looked at me and sort of went, no. It's not moving. Yeah. And I went, okay, right. And I had to go up. I went to the box, threw up everywhere, right. came back, and he said, just go home, for God's sake. Oh, come Jesus, back really? Oh, it was a disaster. Did you at least, I thought were you at least able to kind of make out that you had some bug or something? No, no he knew. He right. knew. I probably could smell the right. scotch reaching The scotch off me. is awful. Oh, Because you sweat oh. it, don't you? You, kind you, of, you sweat just, scotch You sweat out. scotch, yeah. and you can smell it. Yeah. And it's really... You just I mean, smell I, like a I'll bottle. drink it in Scotland, because it seems like the right thing to do, but I'm not a massive scotch drinker at all. I yeah. like a bit of scotch. You know what? I've, I saw a bloke once on the Caledonian Sleeper, uh-huh. which is fantastic if you've never done it, by yeah. the way. Well, um, up to a point, we'll talk about it. I'll tell you okay, a story right. about it in a minute. But he got uh, one of those little miniatures of scotch yeah. in a, basically a half pint glass oh, yeah. and completely topped it up with water like, so it was like Ribena. Oh, okay. And drank it and I thought, God, that must taste of nothing. Yeah. But it does actually taste of you scotch. You still, still keep the taste. And yeah. it's, it's quite pleasant, but it mm. doesn't. you don't wake up with it. I was once taught that you should sip it, but you should also pip, pip, drop a pipette if you happen to have a pipette. I always carry a pipette. Yeah, don't, you, yeah. don't we all? Uh, a pipette of water, just look literally across. Yes, to open it up. And yeah. to open it. That's and right. it's sort of, it's like one of those yeah. movies where, you know, there's something, that the stone drops into the lake yeah. and it just all looks That's wonderful. right. No, but I mean, I had to do that a few times because... The um, Caledonian Sleeper. The Caledonian Sleeper, because I think I was still living in Scotland, um, but I was coming backwards and forwards to London to do the odd radio show that I was getting, yeah. you know. And it, it worked out quite well. And the only thing that annoyed me about it was that it was fine if you had one on your own. Yeah. But um, first class is exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. It just guarantees that there's nobody else That's with you. That's right. Because I woke up one morning as we were kind of coming into Motherwell or something. Yeah. And I pulled back the curtain and there was a guy standing literally <laughs> about a foot away from me. And given my experience in Blackpool, as you can imagine... You know, this is not what I was looking forward to. And he's cleaning his teeth. And the curtain went straight yeah, back. Yeah, he's cleaning his fucking teeth, right? And he's about a foot away from me. And yeah. I'm thinking, this is not... Because the, like, the room is small. But you're right? in a bunk bed as well. Yeah. I'm in the yeah. top bunk, right? Yeah. So I did. I just closed it and yeah. didn't say anything. And didn't move. <laughs> you pretended you weren't there. Yeah. Until we got to... to uh, until we actually got to the destinations, I thought, I'm yeah. not getting out of bed. Yeah. Until he's gone. No, quite. So I, I would mean, do I, so. I didn't fancy it at all. Well, unless you're ever, one on your own. I've only ever been with the family, so... Oh, okay. Either been, you know, in a two or a four. Well, that's okay. Yeah, that would so be it's great. You know. See, I had this vision 
of if you go first class, yeah, be like the Orient Express. Yeah, it would be like one of those old Bond films or yeah. something where you've got you know like an armchair and sort <laughs> on of, you know, suite, yeah, shower and all yeah. that. You know, no, there's nothing like that. No, no, no. So no. I'm not a massive. fan But they've of got it. new, um, they've got new carriages which I, ha- I haven't been on yet. Right. And because we used to go up to Aberdeen a lot, right. we still will. So, but, and that's the one. You can't, of the can you take the sleeper to the Aberdeen? Yeah, you can. Take, you? Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Right, so okay. you leave Paddington at. Uh, you leave Paddington. Is it no? You leave Houston. Houston so yeah. you leave Houston or King's at, Cross or at I think nine o'clock. Right. You have your dinner in the dining car. Yeah. Haggis and right. neeps and a couple of drinks. Right. Go to bed and then you wake up at seven o'clock in the morning and you're in a, in the middle of Aberdeen. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, certainly it takes all the hassle out of, out of yeah. flying, which of course nowadays yeah. is a complete nightmare. We should probably yeah. talk about Thomas Cook actually. Oh because my God. Thomas Cook going under Incredible. has caused, I can't believe how much angst it's actually caused. Yeah. I mean, I know it's horrible if you've booked a holiday and now you can't have it. Yeah. But I don't feel, I have to say, and you might be critical of me for this, I don't feel, it's like a sort of first world problem. Right. You know, oh, we can't go to the Maldives, we'll have to, you know, re- yeah. you know well, all right, you know, just yeah. settle down, you'll be okay. Except, well, you know. I, well, there's loads of, I mean, imagine I know you're a family and you've got three kids and they're all excited to go yeah, to Tenerife I know. Or, or you know wherever it yeah, may be yeah I know be. well it's horrible but <clears throat> yeah. I mean what I'm saying is it's not you know, it's make, you know some of the media yeah. coverage is making it out to be like you know the worst thing since well they're calling you it know, the biggest repatriation yeah. in peacetime history this is they're the problem isn't it? Like the Berlin yeah, airlift this is the problem with the fucking media now yeah. and I know we're part of it but what is wrong with them yeah. you know and talking to people I mean everyone who, who was stuck somewhere is coming home but there's 21,000 right? people who've lost their job that's also the worst part about it yeah. um, and what I find incredible is Labour for example the Labour Party conference was saying oh yeah well we should have bailed them out yeah. well wrong we shouldn't have bailed yeah. them out it's a yeah. badly run company yeah. they had 500 um, high street travel agents right yeah. can you imagine the last time you went to a high street travel never and not since I was about I 20 I don't think yeah. certainly not in the last 15 years no. I mean who been. does go in no, who goes to well, these places this is why they lost so much money because yeah. they're paying you know uh, but doesn't the, the boss get didn't he I hear that he got 8 million yeah. quid over the, the last 5 years yeah they've taken out something like um, 25, 30 million quid that's outrageous. in the last sort of 7 years outrageous and that's the blame that, but that's this, where is the where this is where the Labour get a lot of kind of sympathy is when they say that is a scandal yeah. and they should give their bonuses back and they should be investigated. And I yeah, but they're, they're not saying that. Right. No, but they're well, saying... Well, John McDonnell said it They're saying that they should be, have been bailed out despite the fact that yeah, these no, guys... So McDonnell said on balance, uh, and it was the same with the steel industry, mm. on balance there was a case given how many jobs were at jeopardy and the yeah. effect on all the travels. Right. That you, you could bail out for a short term, but he did say he didn't know. And I right. think the government said... You know, well, Boris we could Johnson have given them said 250 they asked million. for 150 million, yeah. and they said no. They would just piss it up against the wall. Because yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or we'd use another phrase if you wish. The phrase that Boris Johnson likes to use, which is spaffing it up the wall. Spaffed think, it up it? the wall. Yeah. What is spaffing? Are we allowed to talk about you that? You don't know. Well, okay. You can yeah. if you want, but I no. think most people kind of know. No. Oh, do they? I I'll have to look idea. it up. It's it's a bit, when we were in that conversation, we had about dogging. Right. And you go, everyone's going, what's dogging? Right. Well, just imagine what that is. What's spaff? Okay, I'll look it up. I think it's an old Etonian thing, but we'll talk about that in the next podcast. But here's the other thing about the Labour conference. They've now decided. Right, um, that they found the wording for what their position is on Brexit, um, but they're still actually going through with the Emily Thornberry plan. Yeah. It would seem, which is to negotiate a deal yeah. and then come back and campaign against it. Yeah, that but, seems but, to be what they're but, doing. So that's ridiculous. Yeah. But what strikes me as even more damaging is the fact that if if that comes to pass, mm. then people are going to be presented with a choice of a Labour-approved deal, which yeah. will be as soft as you like, mm. or no Brexit at all. So. 
So you've got, where is the opportunity for people, those 17.4 million people, to say, okay, I'm voting for something? Yeah. Because as, as, as weird as this may sound, I really believe that Remain has got to win the argument. Yeah. You can't just blag it through no. or busk it through no. because people will be furiously pissed off. Of course. You know? So people have to have an option to say, no, I pretty much want what I voted yeah. for in 2016. Well, they can't maintain... Or, or I don't. They can't maintain this argument that, oh, well, we know a lot more now than we did then. Yeah. Therefore, we need another referendum. And if Leave wins that referendum, they can't say it again. No, quite. They can't and say I've said you that. didn't know what you were doing. I've said that. If, if, if we went through all of this and there was a Leave option and people voted to Leave... You would, I would have to, and I think generally Remainers would have to say, right, that's it. We're, that's it for mm. the moment. You know, we can carry on campaigning like Bill Cash has been doing for 35 years yeah. about the positive nature of the European Union. Right. But at that point, you'd have to say, no, this is what the people right. want. Yeah. yeah. But what happens to Labour then, if yeah. it's the party of Remain, and they have to go with leaving? Well, I mean, is it the party of Remain? Well, they say, keep saying it is. Yeah. They keep repeating it kind of, you know, parrot fashion. Yeah. Well, it's bizarre. The other thing I thought was really odd about what they did was they said that they wanted to do away with prescription charges, right? That's right. Now, prescription charges are not paid by very many people. It's quite a small percentage of people that get prescriptions, right? Yeah. Because lots of people have exemptions. That's right. You know, they might be pensioners, they might be yeah. families, they yeah. might be kids, whatever. So it seems to me, I mean, I'm one of the people that pays. So you and me will benefit from that. But yeah, but the, why? But the poor guy. But we can afford, I mean, yeah. they're supposed to be, I put a tweet out at the weekend where I said, you know, this is campaigning for the few, not the many, isn't it? Yeah. You know, because you and I can afford nine quid, right, yeah. whatever it is. I mean, yeah. I have to go and get one for my poisonous thumb, yeah. uh, which the next time you see me might have killed me, by the you way. You should tell them, yeah. Well, I mean, I dug a hole in my thumb, yeah. bizarrely, <laughs> and I don't understand why I did it, but I've always had this funny thumb. Because I once dropped a can of um, a big, great big tin of apricots on it when I was working <laughs> at the bakery, age, age fourteen. Right, <laughs> we had these massive, great big cans. We used to make, you know, like fruit flans and things. Yeah, and it just fell oh. right on my and oh. it was fucking heavy. Oh. Right, and it's it's always been kind of ridged. And yes, there's always I been know. like a hole I know in what it, you mean, yeah. You know, and I've always been trying to think, well, one day this will grow out. Yeah. But, you know, we're talking now, what, 40 odd years and it later, never has. and it never grows out. Yeah. So I was a bit pissed, I admit. And I started sort of picking away. I was watching Question Time. Yeah. And I started sort of picking away. And before I knew what I'd done, I sort of picked a hole in it, which didn't hurt at the time. Right. For obvious reasons. Um, and I woke up the next morning and I was like, Christ, that looks a bit rough. That doesn't look good at all. Anyway, so it's, I think it's on the mend, but, you yeah. know, time will tell. We'll see how it looks but next week. it exploded. Week. It exploded just before I was about to do a radio show today. There's a blood pumping out of it. Yeah. Literally, when I thought this is never going to stop. You know, when like you yeah. worry if, if you became ever became a hemophiliac. Yeah, like you die of a nosebleed. You just basically yeah. not stop bleeding. Yeah. And it just wouldn't stop coming out. And I'd like rattle all these. Uh, and I'm, so I'm shouting to the producers, you know, like through the talkback, can you bring me some tissues or something? Because I didn't have anything. <laughs> and I was desperately trying not to leave blood everywhere. Has anyone bled to death while trying to present a national. I don't think they have. No. I don't think they Always have. Always a good way to go. So you know what? We should talk about John Humphreys because, oh, uh, yeah. you know, he bled Please. a few people out on uh, Radio 4. Yeah. And I was reading Rod Little's appreciation of him, actually. Oh, I haven't read Which that. was interesting because he, he apparently they're quite good friends. Yeah. Because, um, of course, Rod Little went to Radio 4 to be editor yes, he of did, the Today yeah. programme yeah. about the same time yeah. um, as John Humphreys was there. Yeah. And he has great respect for him. Um, he said that he's uh, as grumpy as you like. He comes across as grumpy, and that's exactly what he's like. But he's very fair. Mm. And a lot of people, I think, feel that John Humphreys was not that fair to some people. Mm. And he was quite biased. But in his book, he's actually calling the BBC out for being lefty um, and, and, and for when the Brexit result came in, they didn't know what to do. Yeah. 
Well, that, that just confirms everything I've, it does. I think of the guy, which yeah. is that he, you know, he was always so matey with people like David Davis. Yeah. And that and and you know that that kind of you know Jacob are you, Jacob saying, he's a, are you saying that he's more of a Tory? I am really. I think he's a, a lever, and I remember time after he's time after time saying. But he's saying well, no, but I think. Rain. Well, I'm not sure I believe that, but he, really, yeah, I'm not sure I do. He said time after time after time, right? It's done. Let's get leave. Yeah. You know, I remember Nick Robinson about two and a half years ago yeah. saying, you know, we're not going to say if we leave anymore because we are definitely going to leave. Mm. You know, but the argument was and is still live, and I think there was a sense. Well, you say it is, but well, I mean, is, a lot of people don't it think is. it is. But a lot of people it's don't think it is. It's definitely still live. No, but the only reason it's still live is because the Parliament cannot make a, a decision yeah. on on coming to an agreement because no one knows what the hell the government. Well, except they're actively now. You know, as they've told us many times, yeah. trying to stop not only a no deal, they're certainly trying to stop a no deal Brexit, which they've admitted to, yeah. uh, which they've passed a bill which enables them to do so, yeah. possibly. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are against leaving altogether. Well, just on and the that's finer why point, it's still live. <coughs> on the finer point of them blocking no deal, my understanding is that what they're blocking is Boris Johnson's ability to take us out with no deal on October the 31st. Yes, so, but, but I mean, but, and they, but, 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 on extension and, but, on, but on principle, yeah. they've said that we should not, in their words, crash out yeah. without a deal. Yeah. So they don't want a no deal on January 31st. But, I mean, I only think this is common sense, but of course then you... you well, know, it depends who you talk to. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, there's lots of people who say, actually, it is common sense because yeah. we need to have a grown-up conversation about what a deal actually is. Yes. And any kind of deal is a deal. You can call yeah, anything a deal if you want. Yeah. Leaving without a deal is not it's really the case yeah. because it's still a deal. Yeah. You basically just go, and I'll tell you what, we'll come back to you on that. Yeah. Uh, but tomorrow, yeah. on November the 1st, when we're no longer in the European Union, that will be the beginning of the new era. But that's yes, still a deal. That, that is the, so that, that's the argument's great danger and weakness is that what happens without that transition period, what happens to... That all of those, but it's things. all a transition period, isn't it? I mean, no, the but there is an official. There's an official transition period with a deal, isn't it? A, well, a two-year transition. We've period. We've already had a two-year transition period during which fuck all uh, happened. No, well, well, we have basically. We've, we've had two years of pissing about. Yeah, yeah, but we've yeah. had the two-year yeah. period, which David Cameron said yeah. was the period during which we would attempt to get a deal, yeah. and if we could not get a deal, yeah. then we would leave without one. But the reason people call it crashing out yeah. is that. With no deal, unlike any other scenario, mm. there is this immediate guillotine of, of yeah. membership and all everything but that goes not, with I it. Mean, yeah, but they're using the phrase ca- crashing out because they want it to sound worse than it possibly well, is. Well, they don't right. know, well, do yes, they? No, but or going off a, into, over a cliff, but they're all this other you know, ridiculous You're entitled language. to your opinion that it, it'll be better than they're making out. And, yeah. And I'm entitled to my opinion that it's going to be a shitload worse. Yes, you so. are. But the point is, is that the people who should know better yeah. are using your opinion as if it's a fact. Well, it can't well I'll tell you. And it can't well, be. So the government... You know, the government, who are the people who should hold the cards in this, are very much, I think, uh, just riding roughshod over I think they are. reasonable but a re- Yeah, but there's a reason why. Because they have seen what's happened over the last two years, and they've seen, you know, the blocks that have been put in place, they've seen the attempts that have been made yeah. by the Remainers yeah. who don't want to leave. Yeah. So they've gone, well, you know what, we'll have to do it without you. Yeah, and that's why... Uh, we are where we are. But they can't just keep ignoring stuff that may and will go wrong and dismiss it all as his project fear again. I mean, do they think that that Joe Bloggs walking down the street in Liverpool yeah. is, is party of this conspiracy of project fear if he is rightly terrified of what well, happens Why is he terrified? To, because he might be a small businessman who is... <laughs> <laughs> he might be a small businessman yeah. who is... Uh, 
uh, exports yeah, yeah, 50% there's, there's of the plenty. European Union. Well, he might be, in which case he's a very uh, minority businessman. He might be a truck driver who's worried that most, his pallets know what might be. Most, most businessmen in this country do not deal with the European Union. By far and away, the biggest number yes. of businesses in this country yeah. don't even trade with the but European Union. I know, but that is... Again, that argument. What is it? Forty-three. Well, it's not an argument. What it's about, a fact. Yes, I know, but it's almost irrelevant. It sounds just, like it's a fact that is right. relevant, okay. but it's not. So you because, think it's irrelevant yeah, because no, it doesn't but, prove your point. Well, no, it, no. It's there's forty-three billion quid's worth of trade yeah, between yeah. us and the European yeah. Union, right? And and that and it's is, all going to stop, right? No, it's not all going to stop. No. But it's going to be damaged. Some of it might. And be. you look at Thomas Cook this be. morning, right? Thomas Cook. Okay, maybe it's fashionable to blame Brexit, but they are saying doubts over Brexit. Yeah, these are the people who took 24 million out of the. Out yeah, of the yeah. Out no, of the, no, no. I know there's nothing clean about it. Or, no, or, of course or, they're going to blame Brexit. Yeah. Jamie Oliver blamed Brexit. Yeah. And then guess what? He shut down all his restaurants in Australia as well. Didn't blame Brexit <laughs> down there, did he? The plank. <laughs> you know, the point is, it's it's what you make of it yeah. at the end of the day. And if yeah. people are terrified, the reason they're terrified is because people like you have been terrifying. All right, so tell them how frightened. So what's wrong with this? What's wrong with this then? Mm. Say you do, say, let's make it, you know, a small business, right? And you're the boss of the business. Mm. And you want to go in a certain direction, a yeah. certain strategy with the business. Yeah. But half of your staff are really worried about that and think yeah. that they'll lose their jobs yeah. and, and are proposing that there's a different strategy. Yeah. Would you not at least take the time to fully understand their position and try to do something that well, we, mollified yeah, we've both? Had, we've had two years of listening to yeah. people in the House of Commons. I mean, the idea that now we're all staggering around going... We should be in the House of Commons making our arguments. Well, well what have you been doing for the last well, two years? Well, they can't be in the House of Commons because the Prime Minister's seen the need to ban them from the yes, House of Commons. Yes, but this is what the Because people... he's scared of what no, Parliament not, says. No, he's not scared. He wants to have a general election and everybody else is scared because they know he's going to win it. Because mm. the polls say he's so far ahead now that Jeremy Corbyn's got no chance. Yeah. And the only people that are going to come uh, anywhere between, somewhere between Labour and the Tories, the Lib Dems will probably get a few more seats. Yeah. But basically the Tories are going to win the next election. Well, there was a, the way things are going. The guy from, uh, is it Ipso or what's the other one? Uh, I think Ipsos it was Ipso, Mori. Ipsos Mori was yeah. saying today that it's too close to call. Boris Johnson would win in absolute it's terms. It's too close to but call. He wouldn't, get a, he wouldn't well, get a majority. It again, it depends on which poll. Yeah. And I mean, I'm yeah. aware of the fact that you can do lots of things with yeah. lots of different polls. But I saw a poll that gives the Tories more than 400 seats. Don't, well, I, you, well the one I saw this morning. The percentage said, of the vote. It said 304 seats. Yeah, uh, that's not enough, is it? Labour much further down. Liberals up yeah. to 49 seats. Okay. So you can see a coalition. Yeah, I can see that. But don't you think that the Boris But the Liberals couldn't go into coalition with the Tories now, not after what no. Bruce Winston has said. But they may go into coalition with the Labour Party that said, we'll give you your uh, revoke Article 50, yeah. for instance, for the time being. Yeah. So, look, but, who the hell but, knows? John McDonald called... The Lib Dems extreme yeah. this week, yeah. which is pretty good coming from him. Yeah. You know, the guy that wants to basically <laughs> reclaim all, you know, private yeah. land and yeah. private money for the yeah. state. But what, three houses McDonald? Yeah, three houses McDonald, <laughs> with his own jetty, as yeah. we described three last time. McDonald. I know, it's yeah. absolutely unbelievable. Will his notes no, get passed the, out? Well, who knows? The <laughs> point about um, where we are, though, is that, you know, Boris Johnson was left with very little choice because not only does he have... I mean, it's quite a remarkable record. I mean, he gets into power, you know, he loses about, what, you know, 30 or so <laughs> people immediately, yeah. right, uh, off to other parties. Yeah. You know, he can't get any... He, can't, he hasn't yeah. won a vote yet, has yeah. he, in Parliament? No, nothing. Um, he's off at the UN yeah. uh, talking about changing the world and saving climate change and yeah. making sure there's no war in the Middle East and all of this. But, you know, he and doesn't all really... there's dirty laundry coming out. Oh, yeah, we have to talk about the old yeah. lap dancer, don't yeah. we? Sorry, yeah. not lap dancer, pole dancer. Pole dancer there's a yeah. difference, apparently. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, apparently he used to like to go over there in the afternoons. Mm, uh, regularly. He's got a very right. nice place in Shoreditch. I love the way that the Mail Online wrote it. Yeah. You know, because it was so riddled with innuendos, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You'd cycle over there. It just stopped short to say basically went over there for a quick afternoon, you know, how's your father? Um, Extraordinary (laughs) stuff. But nobody's that surprised. The thing that will kill him is not the fact that he cheated on his wife, if he did. No. The fact is that if he gave her public money, which appears to have no um, reasonable fucking excuse... Then it's over. ...other than the fact that he was banging her. Yeah. You know. It's over. Well, I think he would have to... He'd struggle, wouldn't he? He'd go to jail, possibly. I mean, you know. Well, I don't know about that. Well, there is. I mean, it's corruption. Has anyone else ever done that? Corruption. Has anyone else ever gone to jail for passing money to. um, Well, they've gone to jail for fiddling their expenses. So, you know, giving 126 grand to the Mm. woman you're knocking off, should that be the case? Not saying it is, of course, but should that that voluptuous blonde (laughs) pole dancer that you visit regularly in the apartment? If she happened to be on the receiving end. As I said earlier, you know, on radio, maybe he was just going there to discuss the height of the Thames barrier. Quite possibly. You know, because possibly. there's a lot of things that people can do or, between men and women yeah. that doesn't have to involve sex. No, that's right. Or the or the exact location of Boris Island's yeah. runway, perhaps. Or maybe he was checking out whether or not she could get a special Oyster card yeah. you know, to travel for free. Or well, maybe he was just shagging. TFL. Yeah, well, there's always that possibility. You can't rule that one out with Boris, I'm afraid. But, yeah, so it's another week of complete and utter mayhem, which you can't predict. Yeah. So we should probably just leave it there, shouldn't we? I don't know, yeah. I, I mean, what more is there to say apart from we haven't got a bloody clue? No, nobody does. This is the Thought Police. See you next week. <laughs> I was convinced by the guy who was the head of our NUS at my university, which I'm not going to name, to share a room with him. Um, and then I woke up one night, he was on top of me. What? I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Oh my god. I was going, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, and was I mean, not, I was not perfectly clear what he was doing. Well, it, well, luckily he wasn't doing <laughs> what he wanted to be doing at that point, but I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, I mean, I knew he was gay, I didn't have a yeah. problem with that, but I yeah. didn't expect him to try and fucking rape me. No. You know, um, that was close. But the other thing that was funny about. Um, <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I think he looks good. I think he's a great advert for people who have been like morbidly yeah. obese. He looks great, you know, I think. I think he looks odd. Do I you? don't think it suits him. I think I preferred him when he you was preferred him when he was morbidly yeah. obese. Yeah, when he was morbidly obese. He was much more, he had much more of the, tra- the old trade union look. That reminds me of when um, there was an editor, who was the editor of The Express, who was terribly pompous. And, uh, oh, well, I mean, you could go down a whole yeah, list of, yeah. of them. But he yeah. took this award and he was a former alcoholic. That was oh, the yeah. point. And he, he at won, the Express. He, was it the Express or the Star? I can't remember. And he and he won the award. Yeah. And as he came back with his award, he made this terribly sort of sanctimonious speech oh, yeah. about the power of. Was it Peter Hill? Was it? No. Uh, yes, it might well have been. Peter and, Hill. And as he walked past, yeah. uh, Kelvin McKenzie just looked up and said, "I preferred you when you were a drunk." <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit pissed, I admit. And I started sort of picking away. I was watching Question Time. Yeah. And I started sort of picking away. And before I knew what I'd done, I sort of picked a hole in it, which didn't hurt at the time, right. for obvious reasons. Um, and I woke up the next morning and I was like, Christ, that looks a bit rough. That doesn't look good at all. What more is there to say apart from we haven't got a bloody clue?